Hey podcast, my goal with this series is to find people in this industry that are better than I am and find out what they know and learn how they got to where they are. Looking forward to giving you guys some great value. Let's get started. Hello everyone, today I'm here with Zusha Golden. He is a celebrity and business executive photographer and he has shot people such as Charlie D'Amelio, Chester Rushing and Angel Parker in the past. Uh, and actually at the time of filming this, he's turning 21 next week. So he is so far the, the youngest guest I've had so far and the guest that's closest to my current age, which is really exciting. So uh, Zusha, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do? Yes, first off, thanks for having me. It's, you know, it's always a pleasure to meet new people via mm-hmm. Zoom and, and, and in this quarantine. Um, so I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and I moved out to Southern California March 1st. And I'm the youngest of 10 siblings. Um, let's see, what else is there to know about me? <laughs> yeah. Well, well come on, sorry. How'd you get into photography? What was so this is this is uh, let me take you back to 2006. I was seven years old. It was my brother's wedding in Montreal, Canada, and my dad bought me this really crappy point-and-shoot camera. And throughout the entire wedding, I went around shooting portraits of the bride, the groom, the guests, everybody. And then at the end of the wedding, I came to take a look at what what pictures I took, and I realized that I forgot to insert my SD card. So, oh no! <laughs> oh. Yes, I've always loved it, and I've, I've had a collection of cameras, point-and-shoot mainly, and I just would take pictures of everything and anything. And then, I think three years ago, uh, I was, I just turned 18, and I dropped out of high school. I was like, I, I took two out of my five regions, I passed them, and I said, you know what, this is not for me, I'm not doing college, I'm not doing that, dropping out of high school, I'm going to start pursuing uh, photography. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if it would work out or what I was doing, but I was just like, I, I have something that I love. I have a goal. I'm going to try to do it. And so now I'm going to be turning 21, April 15th, which is a few days. Wait, is it this week or next week? I can't even remember. Well, in fact, today's Sunday, so probably this coming week. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so then I'll be 21 then, and it's going to be a few years since I started. And I, I just started out by... by calling on my family and friends and uh well not calling texting because we're teenager calls right <laughs> <laughs> and built up a portfolio did a whole ton of free work just trying to perfect my craft build a portfolio and then i uh attended have you heard of tribeca film festival oh, i've not been no but i've heard of it yeah yeah it's a film festival in new york city which occurs every april uh it was actually canceled this year obvious mm-hmm. reason and um, so I got tickets to attend there and then I printed out business cards and I made a website and I just, well, I was doing this, but I meant this. I handed out business cards <laughs> to everybody <laughs> and everyone there, producers, actors, directors. And then I did a shoot with one actor. His name was Cameron Johnson. He's actually in a TV show right now called Batwoman. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. I'm very happy for him because he's a really nice guy and he's talented and I like seeing him. I like seeing people succeed, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, just social media, word of mouth, and built up, and then now I'm here. Yeah, so that first shoot, did you do it for, for free, right? For bono, yeah. It was building a portfolio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so how long did you go 
doing that type of work until, or is it case by case? Like if someone's like an, you know, like a higher tiered uh, actor, do you do that pro bono? And then with other people, because I see you have packages on your website. How do you go about pricing things like that? Okay. So I feel like a lot of creatives slash entrepreneurs, it's extremely difficult to know your self-worth because for the longest time I'm like, okay, my work is good, but like, is it good enough to charge? And then, okay. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to start charging. And then once, once I started charging, I'm like, okay, how much? And then it's, it's, it's slowly just building your confidence and realizing that you got to get paid for your work, your time. And I saw this one, this really good meme. It's, it was like, about <laughs> photography. it says people aren't paying you for you to take some a few clicks. They're paying you for your years of experience and expertise to to for you for your knowledge and and the experience you're providing, etc. It's not just about taking a few clicks. And so, um, well, no, you're you're, really you're right about that. You're, you're right about that. And I've I've heard and seen reviews of people saying that they love the working with you because the experience is so fun in general. Like the pictures is the final product, sure, but the overall experience is what adds to that. And uh, you don't gain that experience of having fun on set without going through trials about, you know, how to actually take a picture and then uh, doing it for a while, you know, but it's, yeah, definitely. It's, it's all about providing an experience. It's people remember how you make them feel, but also my goal is to take, my goal is to combine uh, a stellar portraiture with an amazing experience and everyone walks away with great work and just feeling great myself included so it's 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 a win-win it's a win-win win-win yes so then for this because you just moved down to california obviously things are kind of going crazy right now but in the past in new york uh was this more of a side hustle type thing or did you try to do it full-time was when i when i dropped out of high school and i was gonna like i i was like i don't know where i got the idea i mean i guess because maybe because i've always loved this i just said you know what something that i'm familiar with comfort zone I'm gonna pursue photography. So when I when I had I was actually telling my family and, and they were and I was like they're like what do you mean you're gonna drop out? I'm like yeah I'm gonna buy a camera I'm gonna pursue photography and I'm gonna make it and I'm gonna make a ton of money and I'm just over that and they were like right teenager <laughs> at one point picks up a camera and thinks they're gonna be a photographer you know so what makes you think that that's gonna be you know what I mean yeah no I, I know exactly what you mean but I really love it and I'm really blessed to do what I love and love what I do and so. I, I was like, no, I had a full, full on goal that I'm going to do this professionally and I'm going to make it. That's, that's what, that was my plan. Was your family supportive of you going through this or was it kind of tough? No. Yeah. hundred percent. I, my family's amazing. They're, 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 they're really great people. They were hundred percent supportive. Definitely. I think that really makes a big deal. Cause I went technically, I'm still a student at a university, but over the summer, I thought about going into full-time. And so I enlisted in some courses. I bought some more equipment, some microphones, some more lights and things like that. And I think my family was super on board with that. And I think if they weren't, it would be so hard to to do what you're doing without them believing in you and be like, this is, this is good stuff, you know? Uh-huh. A hundred percent. I think, I think it's more, I think definitely a hundred percent you have to support a family. For me, saying it from my experience, it was mm-hmm. it's, self-doubt was harder for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Than, you know, other people's opinions so much. So I really you, worked on myself in that front a lot. And that's, yeah, so self-doubt is, was more of a hard experience. Would you say you're your own worst critic? 
Well, everyone's their own worst critic. Right. We look in the mirror, and instead of seeing all our really great features, we see every bad one, which might not even be, which might even be so minuscule or, or hardly existent. So I think everyone's their own worst critic, and they have to cut themselves some slack. I was looking through your posts, and and you on your um, one of your captions, it was a picture of yourself. You're like, as a photographer, you don't really like being in front of the camera because you see all the little mistakes, and even with video work, I feel the same way. Just because it's you know so much about your craft already that when you put yourself in front of that lens, I'm so comfortable behind the camera and shooting my friends and, and things like that. But as soon as I'm in front of it, it's like, okay, this is a tiny bit off and makes me uncomfortable. And I, you know, it's, it's so, it's so interesting. I think it's really interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's also like a lot of people when they, like when they hire photographers, they, they'll tell a photographer, yeah, you know, like the, the, the camera hates me or I don't feel comfortable. I think I don't come out good in pictures. So, or I don't look good and whatnot. So two things, one, we're all our own worst critics. So it's not necessarily the most truthful. And two, when I tell them, I'm like, you know, I can, I totally relate. I understand. Cause like I come I, it's, I, I, it, I need like a really good photographer to be able to work with me, to get me comfortable enough and whatnot. So I, that, that I come out, coming looking good in portrait so i completely understand where they're coming from and so uh so back to about what you were saying about mm -hmm. uh, my caption that i was referring to as a photographer i enjoy being behind the camera because i'm setting everything up i'm i'm creating the bigger picture whereas someone else taking it of me it's it's kind of being vulnerable in a sense so i understand yeah. definitely when people are maybe not the most wanting to go in front of cameras, but kudos yeah. to them for doing it, you know? For you, what's your, what's your way of getting people behind or in front of the camera to be comfortable, like with themselves and with the whole experience? So two things, well, not one thing, but <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I begin a shoot, I don't even bring up my camera really. I just, I first talk to someone, I first talk to my client model subject and I just get them I, I want to find out who they are as a person or just talk to them for like 10, 15 minutes just to get a gist of them, you know, establish that connection, create that relationship as opposed to just they, they, they walk into the, my studio and in a second, a camera's in the face. Right. They're like, you know? <laughs> it's, so it's definitely just communicating and, and just having fun. When people are in a relaxed environment and they're, you want to make them comfortable, you just got to have fun. And it's not faking it. It's actually developing a relationship and asking open-ended questions and being interested, honestly. I think that ties a lot to do with video work as well, being comfortable on set. And a lot of the things I do are with my friends because they're the easiest people to get and you don't have to pay them. You just have to give them food and things like that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and so I, that's, it's so important to be comfortable because you can tell immediately if someone's uncomfortable in front of a camera, you know, and it's, it's really obvious. And so I think that's really one of my friends, she's a photographer for weddings and uh, bridal showers and, and babies and things like that. And one thing that she does, I don't know how well you could do it in New York, but she's in rural Iowa. So she like brings a little speaker and plays music along with these uh, shoots just to make people feel comfortable. I think that's, that's definitely, cool. definitely in my, in, in my studio in New York city, I would just take my phone Spotify and I'd be like, <laughs> what's your guiltiest pleasure song? And then a lot of people would be like, eh, I don't want to say, I'm, just, like, I'm not judging you. Just tell me. They tell me we play it. Instantly the mood, it goes up and the tensions go down. And it's just, it's a more fun environment. 
So definitely with your friend, that's very wise on, on, on their part. With your studio, did you rent it or, or how'd you build up the, the funds to, to get that started? Okay, so my studio with my studio equipment, well, okay, I'm sure as a videographer, you understand that these equipment cost thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's so much. Regarding that, I, took, I borrowed some money and then over time I paid it back. But regarding the location, it comes into play with my very supportive family. I have my sister who let me use her apartment back in New York for photo shoots, for headshots, corporate, uh, you know, yeah. actors and stuff. So I'm very lucky and blessed that I had that back in New York regarding a location. That's how I did it. That's, that's wild. And I think that, how, so you, you have nine other siblings or 10 other siblings? Nine. Okay, nine. Are they all older than you? Or what's, yes, where do you fall? Holy cow. That's kind of crazy. But I'm assuming that's a wide support net that can carry you, right? Definitely. Definitely. Right now here, I'm living in, in my brother's house. His, my sister-in-law and their uh, four kids. And they're really nice to let me stay here. I mean, it was supposed to be a uh, short term until I was able to move to LA, but mm. this happened and now we're just going with the flow. <laughs> but I saw, so your most recent shoot was with Charlie D'Amelio. And if you're listening, you don't know who she is somehow. She's the biggest TikTok star on the planet. And so how'd you go about going to her and getting that shoot done? So I, I'll actually talk first about, you said somehow she's, she became the biggest TikTok star on the planet. I think it's a few reasons. One, she actually has a talent. You know, she, she's been competitive dancing since she was three years old. Yeah. And so she loves her craft. She wouldn't show up there to do it every day if she didn't actually love it. That's number one. Number two, consistency is key in social media. You have to show up every single day with whatever, however many amounts of content you put out. I think she puts out like two to five videos a day, which is hard work because like you have to find dances or make them up. Right. Learn them. And then be comfortable enough to do it in front of the camera, get it right. And if you're putting out three to five a day, it's, it's hard work. So consistently showing up every day, she's been doing that for the past few months. And she became the most followed person on the app after just a few months. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a mixture of having talent uh, and showing up consistently. And she's been doing this for so long too. Like she was one of the, the earliest people on the, on the platform. And I think you're right about that where you just have to put out an absurd amount of content. And I have a huge, a lot of respect for her. I remember when I first heard about her like last year, I was like, Oh, who's this person charging for meet and greets. But now I'm on the platform now I've been on for a little bit. And so seeing the amount of time and effort that actually goes in these things is, is insane. And I have a huge amount of respect for her. Yeah. Yeah. And people are so quick to judge. Myself included sometimes. But mm -hmm. It's like, it's so easy to write a mean comment or it's so easy to write something, you know, like bashing someone. You don't realize they're an actual person. They'll read your comment. Just because they exactly. have thousands of comments doesn't mean that they won't see it. And then it's hurtful. And they're like, and imagine people not liking you or this or that. It's people are human. So it's, it irks me a lot when I see a lot of people not writing the nicest things to anybody mm -hmm. in general. It's like, why put people down? You can lift them up. Do you ever deal with that? Uh, very a little bit. I don't have the biggest uh, followings anywhere, so not really, but a little bit. I, I have had a few. Uh, I had this one dude who wrote on LinkedIn, actually. He wrote, he's like, I think this is shitty content from a shitty mind. And I was like. You said that? Was like, That's a yeah, real comment? 
Yeah, I replied, thanks for reading. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the best response you can give at that point. That's Yeah, because he took his time out of his day to read my post, and he thought it was shitty, and that's okay. It's valid. It's his opinion. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he couldn't just scroll, but I guess he, he needed the validation. He needed, he was hurting, and so he needed to express himself like that. So I understand yeah. he's thinking, I'm not judging. And the bigger you grow, like the more people are going to be either jealous or envious or, you know, it's, I think, so I listen to a lot of Gary Vee. I don't know how much you listen to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so with that, just being empathetic, I got one. So I, I had uh, a TikTok that kind of got a little larger, like 62,000 views. Uh, most of them get around like 100, 200 views. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and so it was like a story, just what a crazy thing that happened to me. And one guy, this is probably one of the, one of the, the first rude, rude comments that I've been affected by, or just like that has been said to me. It was like, oh, I've seen this a million times. Uh, good try. This wasn't true. And it's a very specific story that I have not seen anywhere before. And it's a true thing that happened to me. I was like, I mean, you can say that if you want, but it's, it's a true story. And so I know that's true, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, I don't know if, if they're in such a bad place that they got to bring other people to down to bring themselves up it's just i feel kind of bad for them you know 100 percent. and and by the way regarding tiktok i downloaded it once and then i was like okay what is this app trying to be vine i deleted it yeah then i saw gary v talking about how tiktok has tiktok has the most organic reach uh this was back in like september or something right has organic reach opportunities and it's you know it's 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 amazing it's just so i re-downloaded it then i spent like a day on it and then i got addicted yeah and then and then after a few days, that's when I saw Charlie. And then I was like, this girl's like all over the For You page. She's everywhere. You know, she's like, yeah. I'm like, good for her. I mean, I didn't follow her yet until uh, like a few weeks later when she was like more like mm-hmm. all over. Um, and then, uh, and that's all from Gary Vee. And then I actually also watched uh, Gary Vee's interview with uh, the D'Amelios. By the yeah. way, that was so nice. It's so great to work with genuine people in an industry that's anything but. Right. And they just need all their success. So I, it's there. And then, nice. so how'd you get to that opportunity? Did you reach out to her? Did you DM her or how that? I've been in contact with uh, her publicist for some time. And mm-hmm. then uh, I was in New York and then we were supposed to shoot at one point And then I moved out to LA and then they were here out here and they came to LA and then uh, we went back and forth and then it, it just worked out. Was the so, session, how long was the session? Did you, was that at her house? Is that where that was or? Yeah, we, 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 we took some shots over in uh, West Hollywood. Uh, we got uh, some shots at, at their home there for, uh, and then we went to a hotel for, it was, it was like a few hours. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And so getting to talk to them, like one-on-one being down to earth to them, what was that experience like in general? Just. You said it was like that they're just real people. And that's really refreshing. Say that one more time. It was cutting out. Oh no, you're good. You're good. So, uh, what was it like working with you know people that? Because I, I I saw the interview with Gary Vee and her too, and they seemed like they were really down to earth people. What was your experience like working with them? Like just like on a person to person basis. Oh, hundred percent. They're very extremely down to earth, and and you can tell that uh, Heidi and Mark, her her parents, they they raised. They raise her and, and her sister very well because they're they're extremely humble. Don't let any fame get to their head. Treating everyone the same, mm-hmm. everyone with kindness and respect, and 
it's it's just it's 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 a much more pleasant experience when you work with people who oh, don't have egos. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a quarantine is getting everyone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 just it's an amazing it's a great experience working when with people who are just it's just nice. It's a much nicer experience. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, yeah. On the gnome, switch a little uh, bit, switch it out a bit. So with LinkedIn, how do you go about growing your platform there and reaching out to people the way you do there? So I was on a flight back from Long Beach, California. This was going to be like back in December, end of December. And I met this woman on the, on the flight. She's a business coach. Her name is Elise Kraft. And she, I, I was sitting next to her and I actually got bumped up to like business class or something because uh-huh. I didn't select a seat on the flight. And then I was sitting there. <laughs> And I see this woman next to me, which is Elise, and she opens up her laptop and she starts taking, starts looking at pictures of herself, a photo shoot. So I'm like, those are really good photos. So I, I said to her, I'm like, those, whoever took those photos of you, they did a stellar job. They're great. And then we started conversing and then she, she looked at my work and she's like, wow, you know, you have great work. We started talking for a few hours and then she's like, you know what? You got to get on LinkedIn because that's you're gonna you're gonna blow up from there because you you know you have great energy and you're and and, and linkedin is it's the platform also is has amazing organic reach it's mm-hmm. me and you i thought linkedin was like a resume like for professional i did too i did too for the longest time until yeah. like until like a few months ago literally yeah i mean I, I i feel like linkedin is that platform which everyone signed up for in 2009 and then keeps on getting notifications and annoying emails from them but they never use it no, so I, I agree I, with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started posting content slowly on in, in end of December, early January. And then somehow I like maybe took a whole different slew, a whole ton of different uh, people's tidbits about how to grow on LinkedIn. And then I just used all the strategies and then I just like blew up. Yeah. How long would you say you've been going strong on LinkedIn? What? How long would you say you've been going strong on LinkedIn? I've been going strong on LinkedIn probably since January. I've been posting every single day, maybe up to two posts a day. Then I've been commenting on many others posts as well, as well as um, connecting with my connections in the, in the direct messages, mm-hmm. getting to know them, as well as responding to people's posts, responding to people's comments that they comment on my posts. Very important to build mm-hmm. a community. Um, and then just being relatable in your content. Yeah, I, I've never seen that in, in your posts and, and everything, the amount of engagement you put in and the amount of work you put in. About Since you're doing this full-time, how many hours do you say you put in per day on just overall working on things? I'll put it this way. Anyone's going to spend four hours or five hours even a day, not, I mean, obviously sporadically, on my phone, on social media, why not spend it on a productive platform instead of scrolling through Instagram or even scrolling through TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Let's be real. The average person our age is spending hours on their phone. A ridiculous amount of time, me included. No, just, not, even, not even our age in general. The average yeah. person owns a phone is spending five hours on their phone. Unless they're like super busy or they're like a parent or, you know, it doesn't mean they're spending social media, but it means they're spending their, they're on their phone. And then people our age, they're spending it on social medias. So I'm like, why not spend it on LinkedIn, which is a productive platform, which can help me grow my business far more in the corporate world mm-hmm. than you know, then like just spend, then just scrolling through Instagram or watching vlogs on YouTube. So I'd say it, every day is different, but maybe between an hour to four hours. Yeah. 
no that's a that's a good amount of time and obviously like we still have a lot of time left in our lives to to keep pushing and so i think the hardest part is to not get burned out do you ever feel like you, you don't want to work how do you rest up when you're feeling kind of lethargic okay so i'm always one to preach getting out of the comfort zone and always to just like show up and and, and never back down but i actually didn't post in the past three days mm. so it's very important to take care of your mental health and to and if you have to do it sign off i realized that you know yeah i realized that so i'm i'm definitely pro taking periods of 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 breaks if you need it short ones mm. and then once you come back come back full force and you you show up every single day and you post every single day and you come to other people's posts every day and you show up consistently yeah very very important and if you can go on without burning out every single day then do it but for me i've been doing it since january and like this and last week i was just like okay <laughs> I, I literally can't so i i uh i just I didn't, just took yeah, some time yeah. and yeah I'll, I'll get back to it in a few days and then I'll, I'll show up consistently every day again putting out kind of content and you're seeing this word a lot of consistency i really agree with how that mindset is what will lead you to success one video i watched it was was saying like how if you're starting YouTube, right? Probably the first hundred videos you put on YouTube, well, no one's gonna watch them. And then after that, just being consistent, people latch on to things. Uh, like for example, like the Joe Rogan podcast, right? That he's he's made a thousand of those, and just recently had Robert Downey Jr. on. Like imagine doing the same thing a thousand times over and over again. Like that's what'll get you the building, uh, building the audience that you need and, and the following that you want. It's it's a lot more hard work than people imagine and realize but at the same time it's easier than than you might think you just got to put the hours i think a thousand percent a thousand percent you have to putting the hours and the it's hard when you put in work and you don't necessarily see the results being yielded yeah you know you have to be extremely dedicated and have a long-term vision it's like was it like hershey's or disney or someone who like got went like bankrupt like seven times or 14 times or something I'm forgetting but like some of these people who are super super uber successful they are only after so much so or JK Rowling right mm-hmm. she got declined from how many publishers told her your work is complete shit your work is complete garbage you're never going to be successful and she's like I don't care what you say I'm going to persevere I'm going to continue on I'm going to do what I want to do and she did and she created such a such a big and like it's Harry Potter. I mean, right, Harry right, exactly. Potter, the fantasy world. What was there in the? You know, there was like those. There was, uh, there was Lord of the Rings, but then there was like nothing that was like, like created a universe for like the masses. You know, of like magic. So you have to just continue pushing on and persevering, and, and, and essentially not giving up. You're right, definitely. Yeah, uh, and with that mindset, so you're living with your brother right now, right? Yeah. Does he? How, how often do you guys work together or anything? Or what does he do uh, in relation to what you do? He does, he does uh, I believe, commercial real estate here in Irvine. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so it's some completely different fields. But, uh, but he's also a big support, him and his wife as well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever reach out to, like, your family members network and find clients and and jobs through them or 
has it mostly been on your own? Well, yeah, no. If if, if like any of my siblings have friends who they would think would probably need headshots for their LinkedIn's, their their social media's, their website, or corporate headshots for this, or then then they totally be like, ask their friends, yeah. Uh, by the way, do you need any new headshots? Or if you need headshots, my brother is the guy, the go, the guy, the go, <laughs> the go-to guy. Here's his portfolio. So definitely, having that support is. And so when you're learning, so when you decide you're going to drop out of high school and just do this Sorry, full time. One more time, one more time. Cause I, I think someone called me and then it got muted. So I have to okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So when you're just starting, right, you said you just had a point shoot, didn't really know what you're doing, you know, you know, in a sense, how did you go about learning this craft besides just repetition? Did you go on YouTube? Did you find a mentor? How, how'd that go? So you brought up good topics. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I recommend every single day taking photos of someone. You have to every single day perfect your craft. So every single day, practice makes perfect. You just continue taking photos of people. That's number one. Number two, YouTube is your best friend, honestly. You don't have to go to photography school to learn composition, uh, you know, the color wheel. The, 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 you don't, <laughs> YouTube is your best friend. It's just a matter of, of having the patience to, to watch tutorials and watch that someone's that. Or, or Adobe Photoshop, you know how I learned it? watching YouTube tutorials. I literally typed in yep. how to perfect, uh, an, uh, a portrait. And then I watched a whole ton of different people's different styles and methods. And then I created and merged my own. Um, and then having a mentor is very important as well because I learned more from assisting a, a photographer doing headshots twice than I did in a four-week course on photography, which I took, which taught me basically nothing. That's why I want to, when people ask me, did you learn photography? I say, no, I'm self-taught because that course didn't do, not, didn't do anything for me. But just, just watching another professional in their element doing their thing, how they interact with, with their subject, their positioning of lighting, their just everything about how they work taught me so much. So having a mentor is definitely important. And YouTube is also great. And then just consistently shooting people every day photo shooting yeah yeah <laughs> that's this is all such great points like when i was little so i used to dance as a kid and so what my mom would do like if i was 12 years old she put me oh, really who? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but no i so i used to dance as a kid and so if i was 12 my mom would put me in like the 13 to 16 age group so i could aspire to be at their level and just be the worst one there to, to learn from the best ones there essentially and i think that's that applies to a lot of mentorships and learning from people that are better than you. And just because you can only do so much with people that aren't doing what you do, right. Or do it at a lesser extent. It's really, it really takes looking up to people and, you know, learning what they do, seeing what works, what doesn't work with you and actually experiencing that to learn a lot. hundred percent. And, and you know, that was very wise on your mom's part because it made you grow out of your comfort zone. And that's how you grow. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. With this, yeah, thanks, thanks. Uh, I stopped dancing a while ago just because. Even in TikTok time, you stop dancing. You gotta do savage. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess now's the time to whip them back out. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's so crazy getting out of your comfort zone. I think that's a, a big thing that 
now more and more people have to do like with this. I, so with my university, we had a little podcast studio that I used to use to film everything. Uh, but more and more people getting more comfortable with zoom now. And this is still fairly new to me, but I think it's exciting. Like stepping out of your comfort zone little by little, you know, if you step out like a massive amount, it can be absolutely terrifying. Even a little bit can be really terrifying, but like just growing as a person and learning as you go, I think it's, it's so fun. And I don't know. I think it's a, it gets a bad rep of, of being like jumping off the high end of a, a diving board. You know, it's, it's, I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. Yeah, definitely. And you don't even have to jump off the high end of the diving board. You yeah, exactly. Second one. You know, like if you go to like an Olympic swimming pool where swimmers train, there's like, okay, there's the first one and you go off the second and the third. No one is saying you have to go up to the highest one. You can go up to the first one, baby steps, but just going a little bit can help to expand your entire horizon in all fronts. So definitely. One thing I think about is yeah. like keeping one foot in your comfort zone and then one foot out. And just, if you do that over and over again, that circle is going to get bigger and bigger. Like one of the things I do a lot of my projects is a lot of it's creative work. So I'm like the marketing director of my university's improv troupe. And so I get to do whatever I want really there in terms of video production, which is really fun. Um, like one thing I, I made a video parodying like a, sp- a really intense sports commercial. Another one I parodied a Bob Ross commercial and then like a, a puberty video from the 1980s. Like, so like lots of things that are wild, but at the same time, things I've never really done before. And so I keep the style the same pretty much of the way I shoot certain things, but just messing around different things and finding what you like is, it's so fun with you. Did you always know that you wanted to do uh, portrait photography and headshots or is that something that you just said, I'm going to do this and then stuck with it? So first of all, it's really cool. Good for you that you got to experiment in your, uh, in your college and that you're able to, you know, parody different things and you have free creative control. Um, and regarding whether I knew if I wanted to, to specialize in, in the niche of portraits and headshots, well, I, I guess I started out like taking pictures of like trees yeah. for like a few days. And I was like, okay, it's just boring. <laughs> you know, like I'm not doing that. And then I just got my sisters and I took like, I had like three lamps in my house and I put like, I, I always loved like video editing and different stuff. So mm-hmm. I had like a green screen, I had like a black backdrop. I, I taped it to the wall and I had like a lamp. And then I took like my, my camera when I first got it and I like put it like in her face and like I took some shots and it kind of looks like a mug shot. <laughs> but it actually didn't look too bad by the way. It's actually looked really good. It, it looks like a mug shot, but um, yeah. So then I, I, and then I was like, okay, taking portraits of people are so much, it's so, it's so, it's so much fun and, and, and so much creativity into taking, you have a, a, a well-rounded three third dimensional, Wait, they're not three-dimensional, three-dimensional human. <laughs> complex. And if you can create really cool artwork with them, with their expressions, their posing and their backgrounds and the colors and the lighting, and just to create really cool, you know, artwork, that is so much more rewarding and so much, it's, it's a lot, so much more fun mm-hmm. than, you know, just taking of like an event where people are eating and there's no creativity there or right. taking of like, landscapes no i think there's no creativity there. there's creativity every, everywhere and everyone every type of photography is is really cool and it's great and it's there you can, and you can be creative for me i'm saying i have to re- rephrase that <laughs> that 
I was drawn to headshots and portraits for that reason. Yeah, I shoot a lot of testimonials. And one thing I really noticed is the amount of, of story you can tell by just looking at someone's eyes, right? And I think that's, it's so interesting. People are so interesting and working with people is, is really interesting. And so even though we might do different things, like you're capturing a moment in time versus me capturing the entire time, right? And they're, what they're saying and what we hear from them, it, it really makes every experience different and kind of refreshing in a way. Mm-hmm. For you, do you ever have repeat clients or how, how does that work? I mean, you've kind of been doing this for about a few years. I'm assuming people don't need headshots that often, but has your experience been, you know, you, people come back to you or? So I'd say most people might update their headshots every 12 to 18 or 24 months. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a, every year or two. And then, so I definitely did have some repeat clients. Uh, for the most part, it's, it's been just meeting really cool new people and taking some really great new shots with different people. And yeah, I've had, I've had quite a few repeat clients and that's a good thing. That means that yeah. they really like my work. They like working with me and that's a great, that, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, there's a bit of both I'd say. I, I really like what you mentioned earlier about word of mouth uh, and the, the way that markets yourself. Cause I think that's probably one of the strongest ways you can, you can get another client because for me, a lot of my, so I'm in a university setting right now and a lot of the people that have been requesting me to work for them has been like professors and teachers and people that see my work. And you know, if one person speaks well about you to six other people that immediately grows your network a massive amount just by doing good work. Thousand percent. I, I've seen that. Yeah. Like, I've seen that in person with some people who were who were like, "You hear that yelling?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're at home. We're all. You know, we got to do what we got to do. Exactly. I've seen that with some uh, people, like some fun different actors that I really wanted to, you know, get a chance to, you know, like do some work for promotional films for them and whatnot. Mm. I did. A, I got. A, hired to do a photo shoot with this one person and then I guess they really liked my work and they, they like recommended me to their friend and out without like I mean I don't even know if their friend I mean like it was just really cool experience yeah. to see that. how the word of world word of mouth like went over and transferred over. You know like it, it's yeah it's not like really it's not like you're saying hey can you recommend me to your friend. It's like they love the experience so much that they want you to do it for their friends. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's, that's the biggest compliment and the most ecstatic thing for me to hear and see because that's like, it, it, it's just, it, it makes me know that I'm, I'm doing great work. So it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's rewarding. And, and then back to that, how, because when you first start out, you're, you're always undervaluing yourself. And I think even when you're going for a while, you, you tend to undervalue yourself as well. I remember when I first shot this is my third recital for my friends. Uh, they're vo- vocal, uh, they're the music majors. So they vocal performance majors. And so they sing in recitals and I've been capturing them with my, my two cameras. And the first one I charged $20 for like an hour and a half recital and probably an hour, uh, probably about two hours of editing the entire recital. And then I also took stills from the recital to give them as pictures. Uh, and that was like really undervaluing. And then the latest one I it was my third recital. I charged a hundred bucks, right? You know, 
And the mom was like, you, I don't want to take advantage of you because this is, this is some work. So then she charged, she tipped me another 50 bucks. I was like, this is, this is really nice, especially because I'm fairly new at this type of thing. But for you, it's, it's cool to see how, how much you're growing, even in this, this short three month span of where you're going really hard. And I, I think it's really cool how it's scalable, how all this is, you can just keep growing. You can keep growing. There's a lot of noise. I'm trying not to be distracted. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Look, I have four, one, my niece and three nephews. They're going crazy. What do you expect? Um, so I've also encountered that where I undervalued myself. It's 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 like it's it's it's, it's where the self doubt creeps back in, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, it's 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 I'm providing great work, and even on times that, look, we're all human. We all don't sometimes get the best shots and I'm sure you understand you sometimes also the video might not come out the best sometimes you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's it's how it works every industry human nature so uh so you have to but we have to realize that there's there's three things that come into play one is that it's it's still your time and your expertise coming to play so you have to be compensated for that two you're you're gonna have at least some work that can be used. So they're still receiving a product so that you still have to be compensated for that. And the third one, I'm sure you're providing a great experience working with them. Like for example, a lot of times events photographers, they're showing up at like a, a birthday party, you know, or an engagement party or a wedding or this. It's not just about the photos. It's having, it's, if, let's say a birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. Or an engagement party. It's, it's, it's their entire network scene. They have a professional photographer there and that working and that they can go and their, their friends walk inside and they come over and they can pose with them and they can, it's just, it's a great experience. So it's, it's understanding that you have value in your work and in your experience that you're providing, which, oh, and as well as not comparing your work to other people's work, only to how your work was previously. It's very, very hard to do. I'm not going to preach and be like, oh, no, never compete. No, I also do that. Even now, I'm, mm-hmm. I look at what the for his work and I'm like, like I, look, I look back at myself and I'm like, wait, it's actually not, it's actually pretty good compared to theirs. And, and then I look back at myself from three years ago and I'm like, are you kidding me? This belongs in a magazine. So it's more of just reframing mindset, which mm-hmm. more than anything. One thing I just made, so I made my first video back in 2012. I was in seventh grade for a uh, book project. It was like some fairy tale project. And a lesson that I learned when I was running track in the field in high school as a sprinter for the 100 meter is you just focus on the finish line. You don't look left. You don't look right. You don't look behind you. You just keep going. Yes. 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 And so I fall in that trap too where I compare myself to like, oh, like this guy, like Peter McKinnon. His work is fantastic, but also he's been doing this for so long. He's, what, like double my age, right? And so you can look to him for inspiration because he's a great mentor and leader and things like that, but you can't really compare yourself to him because everything is so different about yourself and that person. The best you can do is look back at yourself. And I made a video about my past eight years of video. Like it was just a compilation of eight years of my stuff. So it was like it started back in 2012. At the end of the video, it was where I am now. And that was really fulfilling just seeing where you've come from you know precisely i you, you said you could you, i could couldn't have worded it better that was that was amazing that that little like Thank you. that little like minute should like go down in like history <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was well said that was well said thank you uh, 
yeah, I'll be cutting up little clips and putting them all over LinkedIn. I've been editing stuff for my first episode. So things, it just takes time. It takes time. But no, I really agree with you on the fact that you, you just got to run your own race in a, in a field that you know, a lot of people are doing. There's only one of you. And I was talking to this guy um, on the last episode where the, the differentiator between yourself and like someone that does something similar to you is you, you know, like your personality, your experience, your, your history. And so with, even within that, you can make yourself stand out in this field. And I'm sure you have done that because people love working with you and your personality and even talking to you now, you're so passionate, so fun to talk to you. It's, it's no wonder that. <laughs> no, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's look, look, people, you're gonna have you're gonna be flooded with 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 guests on this podcast if you, if you if you if they go away feeling so good. It's, it's just grinding. It's grinding. I I like the thing is, I didn't. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like at the baseline, like this is all very new to me. I didn't even know how to distribute this podcast until I had my second guest on, and he told me, you know, put it here and it'll upload everywhere. And so, it's it's exciting though. Not exactly knowing where you're going not exactly knowing where you're going but also to have the long-term goal of like okay i can see myself doing this for maybe the next 10 years so it's okay to just learn and grow and not have to push everything out in the next week or so you know definitely definitely yeah yeah for sure H- having a vision and having a goal is definitely helps you every time you want to grow blacks and you want to like not show up we just Imagine yourself at the finish, not the finish line. You're always ever evolving. Yeah, yeah. Always more, but imagine yourself at your five-year goal or, or where you want to see yourself at a certain point and be like, in order to reach there, in order to get there, I'm going to have to put in this work. Now. I'm going to have to do this. So it's just reframing mindset. So definitely. that's. that's do you have a specific goal at the end of the road or like what's the thing you're aiming towards? I have a few goals. I have one, one goal is that I want to shoot the cover of Vogue and Marie Claire and GQ and uh, a lot of these top magazines. That's, mm-hmm. that's I just I, it's just a goal of mine. It's just yeah. that for me. I just want to have that. Um, I definitely want to create some really cool art galleries, like different creative projects that I can work with different people, just to you know like have like a few people come together and create really cool artwork and like blow it up and like mm-hmm. have maybe like charity events just to you know you can do so much with your work you can change the world you know right so that as well as i want to perfect my craft to a point where it's so damn good that i'm going to be a household name regarding photography yeah and i will no i love that and you know i i pairing that with the idea that it's a long-term goal I think it's very attainable because it's not like, okay, I'm going to become a billionaire by the time I'm 30. Like, no, this is like, you're working hard for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Of course, if you were grinding away. Hopefully not, hopefully not 10, well, yeah, hopefully yeah, not yeah. 20 or 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Hopefully five to 10 years. Or, yeah, but no, definitely right. I just had to interrupt you on that. No, no, you're I'm good. Like, it's not going to take me 40 <laughs> years. Please no. That'd be wild, but... I think with the energy you have, you can definitely go really far and you're already going really far, you know, thank you, thank you. it's, yeah. it's exciting and collaborating too. You, you mentioned that. I, I think it's, especially in this field. So one thing I've learned a lot is so in high school, I did a lot of musical theater, right. And that's a very collaborative art. And then mm-hmm. I got burned out. So I switched to my first year of college. I studied neuroscience and the STEM field. 
Well, that's a, it's a completely different batch of people. I, I guess like they're really smart. They're really great. Um, it's just different types of people, you know, and I kind of missed that collaborative aspect. And then now I switched to a marketing major because science is not my thing. And that's a whole different batch of people too. But in the creative field, collaboration is, is one of the most fun things I think you can do because you get to experience what someone else is really good at and then mix it with your own skills and talents and then create something that's bigger than the sum of its parts. You know, it's definitely, definitely. And yeah, just having people's different creative juices coming together to creating a masterpiece, essentially. So mm-hmm. that's 100%. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. You did the, the, the neuroscience for a little bit, and then you did the, the uh, you're, you're in the, music, the, the video and then the marketing. Mm-hmm. Good for you. That's really awesome. Thanks. I think it just goes, like, I was interested in the, that topic, right? But I didn't know that I didn't want it until I tried it for a full year. And then I was like, okay, this... This isn't for me, but at least now I know. And I can go back to something I've been doing for a while and something that I didn't think could work out. But now that I got my boots in the sand with videography and a, a long-term goal and a good vision, I think that is mm-hmm. where I want to go, you know? Yeah, definitely. Good for you. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And then same with you. Like it's, it's inspiring to, to see someone that's relatively my age. You know, most people... I've had on her. Actually, my first guest was a friend that's a senior in college. But other than her and you, most people have been like 40 or 30 years old or people with kids, you know? And so they have a lot of energy too and they have a lot of wisdom. But then, like, I see, I see the fire within you when you talk and <laughs> and it's... <laughs> that, 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 it's, like I, I, it's like I'm watching the Hunger Games, you know? And like Jennifer uh-huh. Lawrence, the actor, they're like, I see the fire within. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but like, we're all just doing what we what we got to do right now, and it's so easy to be lazy, especially now when you're in your homes. But then, you know, seeing, like, so I don't know what it was like in your high school in in Brooklyn, but I so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and my my high school was, it's been there for fifty years, and so this is probably true to throughout most high schools but it's not cool to do anything like if you're doing a bunch of things you're not really a cool kid it's really much more cool to just lay back not do too much i don't know what was it like in brooklyn what do you mean not if you do stuff it's not cool like like let's say you're really passionate about like dancing or like broadcast radio or like you're going gung-ho on a couple of things the the like the cool kids at least in my school were kind of just like the sports players or like, you know, the, the general type things, but the yeah. people that like weren't tryhards, you know what I mean? Like that's, that was the general attitude yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. They, see, they didn't see it as cool. If you had like, you, you had a, a passion. Or right. A hobby right. Okay. So I have two things to respond to. Say yeah. yeah. That. People who peak in high school, that's their peak. They're going only down after that. Yeah. Number one. So you, <laughs> it's very hard with your peer pressure on your young adult or your kid. You have to, essentially like you know everyone wants to fit in tribalism right. you know you want, yeah, to, yeah. you want to be like everyone else so but it, it, i wish there's a way to make kids understand that it's okay like you'll 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 get through high school you'll get through middle school and you'll you you're gonna come on top it doesn't doesn't you don't you don't need to to, to do what they're doing you don't need to fit in you don't need to party if you don't want to you, you don't you can party if you want to you know you don't have right. to so there's that, and then there's also, 
here's the thing. I was made fun of because I love photography. I I literally have video footage. I was very much the video editing when I was younger. I mean, mm-hmm. Aldo, it was with Windows Movie Maker. It was right, very, of course. It was like very uh, novice area, but mm-hmm. I, I loved it. And so I brought my camera to school and I was like taking videos and stuff and everyone was making fun of me for it. I didn't care. I'm like, I love it. I mean, okay, I didn't care a little bit, but I didn't, I, I didn't care enough to stop doing it. Exactly. You know what's the funny part? You know funny part? What? We, went, we went on any school trips or anything. Guess who wanted to be in every single picture when I brought my camera on a school trip? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone, was everyone, was like, everyone was like, let's be in it. And like we went hiking, like we went to Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Staten Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, uh, Lady Liberty. Yeah. We went to this, like, this really cool hiking area in the forest, which is like spanned miles and miles. And then like, I like, I, I told, I told a few of my friends. So well, I was, fr- I was friends. My peer group was, I was friends with everybody, but my peer group yeah. I hung out probably primarily was also with. Okay. So there's like five kids in the cool group. And then I was kind of like, a sixth one just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I did everything with them, and I hung out with them, and, and I was like, I was like part of their group at the same time. I get, I guess, because I was just cool with everyone. Like I was just, mm-hmm. I was just nice to everyone. I was like, oh, why, why, why wouldn't you be? You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so I was like, my friends, they they were making fun of me about the camera stuff. So, yeah, so definitely, um, it's just not you have to just not care what other people think. You have to just you know, mm. like, you like for me, we had uh, so a broadcast journalism program. So we'd create like student news and, and air to the entire school like, well, once a month. Right. And so I've been making videos, I think over two years, I made you know, like eight like bits. Uh, and so we had this bit called investigative reporting. It's like a two, three minute video section within the overall 20 minute broadcast that was sent to the school. And we everyone would watch it at the same time uh, once a month. And so for that, I remember our first episode, it was, Basically, we investigate something within the school and then deck solve it. it was, it's like a skit, pretty much. And I remember the first time I made it, me and my friends worked for hours in the school library, just writing the script, figuring things out, and just putting it out there for the world to see. People really gravitated towards it and liked it. But obviously, like, throughout the eight episodes that we put on, like, some of them did really well. And I could like be in the audience because my class would also watch it. And I could see when people were laughing or when people... Like, a joke that I thought was good doesn't land, right? And to see that and have that real reaction like makes you want to work really hard but at the same time obviously some things people aren't going to like but you got to put yourself out there and not care what the response is just keep doing it i mean for the for the last episode we did i was looking up tutorials left and right i figured out how to use after effects it was themed after infinity war just came out and so we had this battle between the seniors and the juniors and a bunch of special effects there and i was in my calculus class maybe calculus class editing all day you know in that class when we we're supposed to be working on our homework because I didn't care about calculus and I just wanted to get this out because our time is running short. But, you know, people have their own decisions and have their own opinions of you. If they're negative, I mean, that's that's their opinion. It's, it's kind of hard to... Everyone's entitled, everyone's entitled to their opinion in America. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very pro that. At the same time, it doesn't necessarily need to be said on their part. You know, like you don't, you, you can just, if you don't like someone's content, scroll yeah but if people want, they want to spread the negativity that's i guess that's okay we just have to focus on not focusing on that and yeah. focus on shutting it out and st- continue doing our thing and putting our content 
And uh, you mentioned Infinity War. I watched Infinity War five times in theater. I loved it. Oh my god! I, yeah, I, I really look. Those are those are the days, right? Last year before Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you by any chance watch Game of Thrones? No, I don't. Because uh, most of the time, if I sit down and watch TV, it's with my family. Ending the podcast. Ending the- <laughs> <laughs> I have three younger sisters, and there's, there's too much. There's too much uh, being shown on that screen for that's their true, that's little true. eyes. It's the, I dare say it might be the greatest cinema I've ever seen in my life, and I've never connected with anything like I have that. Which really? is pretty sure, because it's just a show, but I really, like, I, I love that. that Wow, Game of Thrones is... <laughs> really quick, back to what we were just talking about, people being negative. So I, my, my girlfriend came up to me and said, hey, this, this one girl that runs another organization on the campus is like, oh, I could totally do what Lewis does. You know, I just, if only I had the equipment that he did, I could do it and maybe even better than him. And I was like, you know, that's, that's great. If, if only it were that easy, right? If only I could... I, I wish it was that easy if I just spend $10,000 and then I could be really good at my craft. But she, she was like, Lewis, why aren't you getting mad at, at this girl? And I was like, because I, one, I know that's not true. And two, <laughs> I, I just feel bad that someone with that mindset could think something of uh, of what we do, essentially. Like, she she's entitled to her opinion and she thinks that, you know, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. I, it doesn't really affect me, you know? It's just... Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that girl couldn't be more wrong though, because you have your own specific set of skills and talents that you bring to the table. That okay, maybe she might be good at video editing as well, but it, it it's not about who's better. It's about it's it's just everyone has their brings to the table their own things. And also, I probably doubt she she would be as good as you. She probably wouldn't. <laughs> well, well, this girl has no experience in anything. Well, like oh, okay. was, so, so that was the thing. That was the thing. It was just like. Man, I, I like I I know that what level you're at, that thought doesn't make because as soon as you start doing it, you're like, okay, I have I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, what's a what's a mask? Like, how do I how do I color grade? What's a vignette? You know, like all those types of things. But someone that has no experience saying that type of stuff, I'm like, you know, you do you, you do you, go make something if you want. You know, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> You know, I also get that same thing with people that like when I do a photo shoot with a client or even just in my work, they're like, oh my God, what camera do you use? As if the camera is going to deliver the results. I mean, hey. yes, having a more expensive lens, which, which equals a better glass, it might be a better, if it's 75 millimeter, uh, no, 85 millimeter, sorry, 85 <laughs> millimeter lens portrait, yeah, it might be a, nice, a nicer bokeh blur, it might be, but Essentially, at the end of the day, it's my own lens. I mean, no pun intended, my eyes no, yeah. that aren't getting shot. It's not about the equipment. So you're definitely right, Lewis, about the about people just being like, oh, if I could do better, you know. It's Everyone has to talk until they have to walk. And then it's just like. Mm-hmm. That's what I really appreciate about you, too, because I, I, I found you by seeing your walk. Like, I've just been seeing your work and, like, seeing your success on LinkedIn. And, like, there's a lot of people out there that just – blow smoke out of their ass you know what i mean like they're just kind of talking like oh look at me i'm doing this i'm doing that but to see someone actually doing it is is so refreshing so inspiring because you're because one you, you are talking about what you're doing and that's how you're getting your message out there but also you're doing great work at the same time so i don't know it's it's nice to see someone walk the walk and talk the talk 
Thanks. <laughs> I never looked at it like, I mean, I don't know what I'm walking without talking, but I guess you're right. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just have experiences every day and then I just write them into posts or stories or may try to make it relatable mm. and then I post it and then, <laughs> yeah like with the, the walking without ta- or the, the to the talking without walking it's like someone like oh look I'm, I'm about to do this thing or like hyping up things like oh uh, I'm about to start this thing or I'm about to start that thing and then they like they never do it but then you're just talking about things that you've done and your experiences you know and it's I think that's the way to go honestly because then people see okay you you actually have substance behind what you're saying and what you're doing um Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, I find that when I tend to talk about stuff that didn't happen yet, it either doesn't happen or it happens badly. So I'm yeah. just like, if I'm going to have, like, I, I, I was supposed to have a really big photo shoot in like two weeks ago from, uh, but this quarantine happened and then mm. it got canceled and stuff. Now I could go around town telling everyone, oh, you know who I'm going to be shooting next? You know who, you know, you know, but then I'm like two things. One, it's silly to say that because what you're going to brag like, okay. And then, and also show your successes after the fact, don't talk a big talk, as you said, and then what happens, you know, if it doesn't end up happening because who knows what else could come up, you know, after mm-hmm. the quarantine is over, I'm saying. So there's definitely great mindset on your part. And then I guess what you were, you were actually complimenting me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a two part statement. One was talking about something. The second one was saying you're doing a good job. And no, I, I really admire you. I admire you. And thank you. I admire you. Don't podcast with a few guests. It's very hard work. I tried it with my friend. But needs to say, I deleted that recording and I looked at it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just comes with like, so my goal with this, and I put a little bit at the beginning of each one. It's like, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from people that know more than I, I do. There's only so much that YouTube can teach you. You can learn so much from YouTube. Don't get me wrong. But like learning from people's actual experiences and hearing from them is, is one, it's fun to talk to someone one-on-one and have a nice conversation. And then two, it's great to just learn things. And I love I learning things. Yeah. I concur. Yeah, I learned from you a lot today as well. You know, you can learn so much from everyone you meet. So I concur, definitely. Yeah, thank you. And so we're at about an hour now. So it's really been really nice having this conversation. Good talk to you. Awesome. And Likewise. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, lose. after this quarantine is over, we definitely got to meet up. Yeah, I agree, because we're so close. We're so close, actually. Literally. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Okay, you, you'll cut this part out. Where do you live in Irvine? Okay, wait, hold on. Uh well, Okay, I'm just, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna put a bow tie. Oh, actually, before we, uh, where can people find you on social media, like Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube? So my usernames is uh, Zusha Golden across all platforms. That's my website, and then it's my Instagram at Zusha Golden, TikTok at Zusha Golden, and I just started vlogging like a month ago, and I only put out three videos, but <laughs> YouTube is at Zusha Golden. So across all platforms, it's uh, Zusha Golden. Oh, great. And then how do you spell that for those who are listening? Z U S H A. G-O-L-D-I-N. Okay, great. And so, yeah, if you want to learn more from him, you can go to those platforms and uh, find him. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Lewis. And uh, it's this really nice conversing with you and, and it's a great experience. So thank you.